The day I was thinking to myself, made a list of all my mistakes. Oh, I wish I could have run to you and tell you all about my heartbreak. And I wonder to myself, wait a minute, am I even on the right path now? Had a couple wins, but I got knocked down. But I know if you were still around, you would say, Ooh, sometimes you lose, sometimes you win. Ooh, you gotta get up, up again. Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? Before you came for us 
us. You are our freedom, love, love, unshakable love. We shall overcome, we will never give up. We lift a shout. We lift a shout. Everyone singing, come on, come on now. We got a new song, come on, come on now. The song of liberty, let the world hear. Heaven's melody, this is the shout of the hearts you've set free. It's true, we stand now, risen with you, you lifted us, you are our freedom, strong, strong, whatever may come, you have already won, we lift a shout, we lift a shout, everyone singing, come on, come on now, we got a new song, come on, come on now, the song of liberty, let the world hear. This is the shout of the heart you set free. And we'll dance, dance, dance in your freedom. seated. Good morning all and welcome as we come into God's house. We have a joy that is unmatched in this world and that joy comes from Jesus. All that he has done for you and for me so that we have reason to rejoice, be glad, and live life. I want to welcome you again, all of you. Whether you're here in the, the sanctuary uh, with us or if you are online, thank you for joining us as we celebrate this Jesus. Uh, I know that we have some guests here. We, we're delighted you're here. We don't put you on the spot, but we'd love to know that you're here. So if you could do one of two things, either stop at the um, next steps in the family gathering area. We'd like to meet you. We have a gift for you. Or if you'd rather do it the digital way, you can text 1C guest to 94,000, and then we could maybe answer any questions you might have as well. So do that. Also, a little later, we're going to have a time of prayer, and if you have a prayer request that you would like included today, you can text those prayers to 402-242-5051, and also, if you are on Facebook Live, you can put it in the comments section. Uh, either way, we'll get those prayers and include them in our time today. Also, in a little bit, uh, a little later in the service, we're going to have communion 
of the Lord's Supper. And here at 1C, we believe that this gift is given to God's people. And we believe that in this very special meal, it is bread and wine or juice, but it's also the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, to strengthen our faith, and to remind us once again that he's always with us. So if that's what you believe, we'd love for you to join us. So if you did not get the elements coming in, you can make your way out during the next song, and right by the kitchen window in the family gathering area, you can receive these elements and be ready a little bit later. And then last announcement, just really quick. We're trying not to make announcements, uh, but we have Night to Shine coming up. We're so excited about that. And there is a fundraiser for Night to Shine. It's a pancake and sausage breakfast for you to take and to bring it with you. So if you would, even after the service, make your way down to the East Gym, the Wood Gym, and you can support uh, that very special ministry. Let's worship.
Boys and girls, I want to teach you a new way to pray this morning. Well, you may have heard of a popcorn prayer. That's where someone will pray, and then when they're done praying, they stop. And then someone over here wants to pray, maybe they'll pray. And then when they're done, they'll stop. And then someone over here wants to pray, they'll pray. And so there's prayers popping up all over the place. That's a popcorn prayer. Well, we are going to do a Pop Rocks prayer this morning. So I hope you got some Pop Rocks candy when you came in. And go ahead and open it now. And then on the count of three, we're going to eat the Pop Rocks together. But you put it in your mouth. Don't chew it up. Just hold it in your mouth. And then you can open your mouth and change the shape of your mouth and it will be different. It will get louder or softer. So, all right. You ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. That may have been too much Pop Rocks. All right. Well, you did a great job, boys and girls. That was awesome. I have no idea what you said, but I'm sure it was an amazing prayer. Could you hear mine? It was awesome, too. I have no idea what I said either, but I'm sure it was awesome. You know how? I'm sure. Because the Bible tells me it was awesome. You're probably thinking, Greg, the Bible doesn't say anything about Pop Rocks prayers. And you're right, it does not. But what it does say in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, it says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes or prays for us through wordless groans. Isn't that amazing? That the Holy Spirit lives in us and is praying for us all the time in wordless groans. So the Holy Spirit of God knows you even better than you know yourself and knows what you need and is praying for you all the time. Well, Jesus loves you so much that when he ascended into heaven to prepare a place for you in heaven, he also sent the Holy Spirit to come live inside of you. And one of the things the Holy Spirit does is pray for us. That's pretty awesome. What do you say we close in prayer? And we will use words this time, though, and you can repeat after me. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us and sending your spirit. Holy Spirit, thank you for living in us and praying for us. Amen. I don't want to be afraid every time I face the waves. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to fear the storm just because I hear it roar. I don't want to fear the storm. I don't want to fear the storm. my feet upon the sea till I'm dancing 
concept of peace. Um, I'll just tell you, my definition is it's not just the absence of chaos or trouble, but peace is found in Jesus. Peace is eternal. It has no beginning, no end, and it calms our heart. It's a different kind of peace than what the world does. So that's why at this time of the service, one of the things the Apostle Paul says is that we should examine ourselves. And I think really at the heartbeat of that means 
is we should get honest with God and with each other about what keeps peace at bay. And it's a one-word answer. It's sin. Your sin, my sin, the sin in this world. And we know that as we examine ourselves, as we confess that sin, we're going to be reminded that God did something about it because of his son and through his son. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your servant Paul and for his encouragement uh, that we would examine ourselves, that we would be honest with you and with each other. We have sinned against you and against each other. We do it by our thoughts, our words, our deeds. And because of that sin, we would be separated from you forever and we would have no peace. We thank you that out of your mercy and grace, you decided to do something about that. And we praise you, Heavenly Father, through your Son, Jesus, through all that he did 2,000 years ago, his suffering, his death, and also his resurrection. You have uh, given us peace. Our relationship with you has been restored. So thank you for that, uh, that love that you have demonstrated. And we pray, Lord, that we would not just receive this peace, but we would share this good news of your peace to this world. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to say it one more time succinctly, and I want you to know this with all confidence. Because of what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago, and because the tomb is empty, your sins are forgiven. They're taken away as far as the east is from the west. And scripture tells us, and God remembers them no more. So may that good news that comes because of Jesus cause us to continue to worship him, not just in, in this place right now, but as we go beyond these walls. Amen. Life's been a journey 
invite you to take the elements out at this time for communion. And what I'm going to do is share with you first the words of institution, where we find it in the Bible where Jesus um, gave this gift for, for his people. Then after I share that, I'll invite you to take each individual element. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, take the bread. And take and eat. This is the body of Christ given for you. And if you would, take the wine or the juice and take and drink. This is the blood of Jesus shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. And now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ Strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the one true faith to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer this morning. Father, we just thank you that uh, we have the opportunity and can come to you in the ups and the downs of life, that you are always there to hear us and pick us up. Prayers to give protection and strength and encouragement to all of the medical personnel caring for COVID patients. Place a hedge of protection around me, my family, and friends. A prayer for our president and the leaders in our government. Please calm our nation and help us to heal. Help my brother to get the promotion that he interviewed for. 
a Lord, a prayer, Lord, that you wrap your hands around our nation, our National Guard, myself, the women, and bring them all home safely soon. Prayers, Lord, that our government succeeds beyond many people's expectations. Prayers for protection and healing for my parents who have COVID. Prayers of gratitude for God's blessings in my life and my family's life. Prayers, Lord, that you continue to work in my life and continue to change me and to give my wife the strength to see that I've stopped drinking for good and that my eyes have been opened from the mistakes I've made in our relationship and give me the tools and help me to make sure those mistakes never happen again and give me time to prove it before I lose my beautiful wife and amazing family. Prayers for Heath that his cancer treatment continues to work and a prayer of thanks for our 1C family and for Pastor Jim that his words heal and help our congregation and our country. Prayers for Craig, who's not feeling well today. Prayers for our granddaughter, Lily, to recover from her ACL surgery. Father, we just thank you that you hear all of our prayers, even the ones unspoken on our hearts today, that you hear our, our deepest cry. And Father, we just thank you that we can come to you, we can come to the cross and lay it all there, and that Jesus gives us the peace that no one can give. We thank you for that, Lord. Join me as we say the Lord's Prayer that he taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Prayers, prayers, okay, prayers. Uh, this creepy whisper thing has to be <clears throat> Organization, right? management. That's what I need. I need a system, something concrete. Help me stop my Concentrate. Files. Let all prayers be organized into files. Well, that takes care of the voices. Not exactly a space saver, though. Grace might notice. I know. Prayer post-its! Buenos días. 
Disfruta un buen café. Gracias, señor. Adiós. Adiós. That's fresh mountain-grown coffee from the hills of Colombia. Name that movie. Who knows it? Bruce Almighty. Yeah. I'm just going to say this. I am glad that God is not like that. Right? Pretty, pretty strange. This morning, um, often what I do on a Sunday morning is I get up early. I come in somewhere around 6.30. And I pray. I look at the scriptures. And, and I'm just thinking about you and me and this moment. And uh, as I was doing that, this movie popped in my mind. Because I'm thinking... We're talking about prayer, and if it was left to any one of us like it was left to Bruce Almighty, um, it would be trouble. He answered yes to it all, and if you know how the movie goes, when you answer yes to everything, it gets kind of chaotic. We have a God who answers yes, no, or not now, right? He does it perfectly and completely, and he has revealed himself to you and me in such a beautiful way that we can have confidence Confidence in who he is and what he does. So I want to take you on, on a journey. We're going to talk about the five dimensions of prayer. We'll get there, but I want to talk about this God and how he has made himself known. And I remember when I was uh, a confirmation student and I was doing what was called catechism, uh, we were taught that God reveals himself in two particular ways. The first one is that God... Um, there is a natural knowledge of God. Now, what does that mean? Example, when you go out and you see nature, that's, God is revealing himself. He's doing it in such a, a beautiful way. And again, it could be a, a mountain you know, experience. It could be a lake. It, it could be all kinds of things that he has created for people like you and me. And the part about that that's amazing is God has revealed himself to be creative, diverse, powerful. I mean, he just keeps displaying his, his wonder in what he does. And if you've ever stood at the base of a mountain and looked up and how big that is and how glorious, or if you sat there and looked at all the different kinds of flowers there are, I mean, they're different. They're different colors, different shapes. I mean, God is just like that. But I'll never forget the moment when my firstborn was born. And I remember holding her in my arms, and I'm just amazed at the creation of God. I mean, she has these really big blue eyes. She still does. 
And I remember holding her. And I remember uh, one time a doctor telling me, Jim, do you know how many things have to go right for a birth to take place? I mean, perfectly. I mean, it's, it's not an accident. There is such detail and design in these bodies. And that's the kind of God that we have. He is powerful. He's creative. He's into the detail of his creation. So let me give you a couple scriptures to support that. First off, Romans 1.20. Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen in what has been made so that men are without excuse. So the very beginning of time, when God created the heavens and the earth, he did it with such great detail, and he also did it for people like you and me. He wants us to enjoy this creation. And again, when he makes these things, and he still makes things today, he does it with us in mind because he loves us. Or another scripture from Job chapter 11. Can you fathom the limits and bounds of the greatness and power of God? The sky is no limit for God, but it lies beyond your reach. God knows the world of the dead, but you do not know it. God's greatness is broader than the earth and wider than the sea. And perhaps that's why it's hard for us to take that in. And all we can do is by faith believe that. That God is powerful and God is creative and God is diverse and God is involved with our life. To me, that's um, a beautiful thing. Now, so there is the natural knowledge of God, but there is also another way in which he revealed himself to people like you and me. And it's called the revealed knowledge of God. Because the, re the truth is, when you look at a tree or you look at a bird, or you look at an individual flower, we do not understand how God is going to save us. So he needed and wanted to communicate to you and me in a very specific way how serious he takes the relationship with people like you and me. So let me take you to John chapter 1. You know, here's John painting a beautiful picture. The word became a human being and lived among us. We saw his glory, and he was full of grace and truth. Now, John, who is the writer of this one gospel, he's known as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, Jesus loved all the disciples, but John happened to be by Jesus' side, it seems like almost every moment. He would see the Jesus who could heal or raise the dead, and he also saw the Jesus who was human who felt and cried and, and ex experienced life with all kinds of people. So he was painting this beautiful picture so that we can understand that God understands. God didn't just stay up in the, the lofty heavens. Instead, he came down, he put flesh on, and he experienced everything we experience. He knows what we go through. So there's the natural knowledge there's the revealed knowledge of God. And then we also have this gift. It's the gift of the Holy Spirit. We see it in how the Holy Spirit moves. And I'm going to take you to John 3, verse 8. This is Jesus speaking. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you don't know where the wind comes from or where it's going. 
And that is the way it is with everyone born of the Holy Spirit. I think in lots of churches, um, you'll hear many sermons about God the Father, the Creator. You'll hear lots of sermons based on Jesus, right? The Son of God and all that he did for us. But it seems like we just, we don't know how to handle the Holy Spirit. In fact, I joke about it, but, you know, we boldly declare God the Father, God the Son, and then God the Holy Spirit. Because it's mysterious. And yet it's, I call it the powerhouse. It's what gives us faith so we can believe in God the Father and God the Son. It brings us into faith and keeps us in the one true faith so that as we live on this earth, we can see that North Star. We can know that um, a relationship with Jesus on this earth and for eternity is God's desire. And that faith is given to us so we can do that. Uh, there's a, if you go into the Old Testament, you get this described again. This is in Job chapter 9. You know, remember, Job was going through all kinds of difficulties, and he had lots of people come up to him and want to give him advice. So here's some advice from a friend. He, God, does wonders that cannot be understood. He does so many miracles, they cannot be counted. When he passes me, I can't see him. And when he goes by me, I don't recognize him. That's that Holy Spirit, who is powerfully at work, who again has called us out of darkness into the marvelous light of Jesus. So we have this God working in us and through us. But as a result of God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, there is an assurance that we can hold on to. And so because God is multidimensional, because he is moving in all kinds of ways, we are never alone. He is with us always. Even when, as we go through life, I mean, I can identify with Bruce Almighty just in my own world. Sometimes I feel like I'm going in so many different directions. Sometimes I feel like I can't handle all of this. And sometimes, sometimes I wonder where he is. And yet God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit really is confirming in his presence in us that we don't have to go through this life alone. How many times does God say, I'll never leave you or forsake you? Or I will be with you always to the very end of the age. In other words, no matter what you go through, I'm going to be there for you. I love that truth. Let's take a look at Psalm 139. It's a little bigger section. But this is one of the Psalms of David. And David, who has gone through all kinds of things, right? Somebody trying to kill him, him leading a, um, a country and a nation. I mean, a lot of big things, but this is what he came to understand. Where could I go to escape from you? Where could I ever get away from your presence? If I went up to heaven, you'd be there. If I lay down in the world of the dead, you'd be there. If I flew way beyond the east or lived in the farthest place in the west, you'd be there to lead me. You'd be there to help me. I could ask the darkness to hide me, but even darkness is not dark for you, and the night is, is as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. So David has come to know that this God pursues him, this God understands him, and this God will never leave him. 
And I pray that that is an understanding you have as well. No matter what your world is today, no matter what directions you're going in, God says, I'll go with you. I'll be with you. And I'm going to love you. So now we're going to get into the five dimensions of prayer. And, and they're really directions, and I'm going to talk about that. Like the first one I'm going to get at is talking about looking backward. Just think about this. Go back, say, 6,000-some years, and remember what God did in his creation. Pretty encouraging, pretty powerful to know that he spoke into being everything. He just said, let there be, and there was. That's the power and might of God. At our men's study, I remember last fall, uh, one of the guys, because we were studying um, the topic of prayer, he said, you know what, uh, I love this thing called Acts. It kind of helps me form my prayers. And each one stands for something different. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. But I couldn't help but think of that very first one and how it sets the, the tone for all the others. When we remember God, when we look back on God's activity in our life, it's pretty awesome to see what he is able to do and what he has done and how he wants to be involved today. In fact, perhaps probably the greatest way for us to take a look back is you look back on the cross. Now, for some people, now why do you look at the cross? Some people wonder, why do you even have a cross up on the stage? For me, and I'm going to give you my answer, this is a reminder of the extent of God's love. I mean, I love the picture of the baby Jesus in a manger. Don't you get that warm, fuzzy feeling? The cooing, right? But to know that that baby Jesus that we just celebrated not long ago had his mind and heart set on making a payment for the sins of the world. And so he made his way directly to that cross. So we could think back 2,000 years ago, and we could look back at that and say, that's how much he loves me. He loves me with an everlasting love. He loves me with a love that has no limit, a love that makes a difference. I want to share with you from 1 Peter 1, verses 18 and 19. Powerful verse. In fact, if you want to memorize a verse that will inspire you for life, this is one of them. So 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life. He paid for you with the precious lifeblood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. So remember, the God of the heavens looks down and sees humanity, and see, he sees the sin that's there, and he could have stepped back and said, you know what, you got yourself into this, you need to get yourself out of it. But he knew that we couldn't. So he steps into this world with his only son. And this spotless lamb of God lays down his life for you and for me. So look back at that. Give thanks for what God has done so that we can go to the next one. And I like this one. I love the imagery of this. I look upward to the Father's loving face. I think it was last week and probably the week before I talked about um, our concept of God dramatically affects our prayer life. 
Let me say it again. I want you to take it in. Our personal concept of who God is dramatically affects our prayer life. If we picture God up in the heavens with a scowl on his face, with his finger pointed, ready to say, I gotcha. I have a good reason to keep you out of heaven. No wonder we won't look up at him. Instead, we're going to kind of cower. Instead, we're going to walk away. Instead, we're going to avoid him at all costs because we don't want that. But that's not how God responds. In fact, um, let me give you this image. And hopefully when we end the service and I share the blessing, you're going to see this differently. At the end of the service, often I'll share the benediction, the blessing. And it goes like this. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. What does that mean? It means when he looks at you and he looks at me and he sees Jesus and his forgiveness and that we're clean and brand new, he is smiling ear to ear. You know, when we confessed our sin, God takes that all away so that when he looks at us, he just sees Jesus and he smiles. And I love that picture. And that makes me want to kind of look up at him because I love to see a smiling face. I love to see the love of our Father. Let me share with you Romans chapter 8. You should not like cowering, fearful slaves since God's Spirit has adopted you as his children into God's family. Instead, by his Spirit, we simply cry out, Abba, Father, and God's Spirit affirms that we really are his children. And since now we are God's child, we are also heirs with Christ and will share in both his suffering and his glory. I just want to talk about the word Abba. You know, as we look into the original language, as we back up a little bit, that word Abba is very unique because literally it means an intimate, endearing phrase, the word daddy. And I'll tell you, growing up, I always pictured God as the heavenly father. Somewhat unapproachable, somewhat distant. He's up in heaven, I'm down here, and he doesn't want me really close. And yet what we find in Romans, when Paul is painting this picture of God the father, we can call him daddy. Almost as if we can crawl up on his lap because he makes himself available. And that is the truth. And he listens intently. We don't have to cower or be afraid. Because of Jesus, sins are forgiven. Because of Jesus, he smiles down on us. Number three, I look inward to Jesus living inside of me. And I'm going to share with you Galatians 2.20 in just a moment. A little backdrop to it. I had just done eight years of schooling to be a pastor. Kristen, my wife, comes up to me and says, Jim, what verse has been or is especially meaningful to you? And I immediately thought about Galatians 2.20. For me, it says it all. It says why I do what I do as a pastor, and I'm going to even be so bold as to say this. I believe this passage is why we should do what we do as Christians in this world we live in, whether it's as a dad or a parent, 
um, whether it's a coworker. I mean, this is the heartbeat of how and why we're here. So let me share with you Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what works. That's what's going on. Christ decided to take up residence right here in our heart, our mind, our lives. And as we live this thing called life, we do so because Christ is with us. And that really changes our vantage point, right? It gives us a sense of purpose and meaning and why we're to be on this earth for whatever number of years. Earlier I had mentioned um, Paul talking about examining ourselves. This is the passage from 2 Corinthians 13. Examine yourself to see if your faith is real and growing. Test yourself. Remember that Jesus is living in you unless you failed your test. And that Jesus comes in and Jesus really is powerful and loving in us, and then also as we live our life out. So again, don't ever underestimate what it means that Jesus is in you as we live in this world. Number four, I look around and ask the Holy Spirit to use me. Um, some of you know my story. You know, up until the, about the age 17, I was, I was, uh, I was bad, okay? And then when the Lord got my attention, couldn't want anything more than to share with others who this Jesus is. So I would get a friend or two. We would go downtown Milwaukee, you know, the city, and we'd be on the street, and we're just waiting for a moment, looking for an opportunity to share the love of Jesus with people. If somebody's car broke down, we would run to the rescue. We'd help them, and they're all thankful, and we'd just say, you know, we're doing this because God loves us and we want to love others. But I want to say, it's not easy to keep that. I mean, there's too many times right now, I am not looking for the Holy Spirit to do something. Sometimes I'm looking to go from point A to point B, or project A to project B, or calendar this to that. And so when, as I was writing this sermon, I was putting down these scriptures, um, I was a little convicted that I, I, I need, and probably all of us, need to be asking, oh, Holy Spirit, I don't see you, I don't quite understand you, but move in me to have a greater desire to be used by you. So let me share uh, Romans 6, 13. Give yourself completely to God, every part of you, since you have been given a new life. And you want to be used as a tool in the hand of God, used for his good purposes. Are we ready? Are we ready to say, here am I, send me, send me? Are we ready to say, use me, Lord, whenever and wherever you want to share your love with this world? I pray that our prayer life would start maybe looking like that more and more every day. All right, number five, the last one. I look forward in faith to the future. Let me tell you a story. Um, I do a lot of counseling. I do a lot of life coaching. 
And I talk about the fact that, you know, all of us have these dreams or what I call a North Star, something that we're really excited about. And I use the metaphor of building a house. Let's say you are building your dream house and you have it in your mind, you have it just really emblazoned on your heart and you happen to pick up a hammer and a nail and you are working on that dream house and as you're going through and all of a sudden you hit your thumb. Unless you're remarkable, you're probably not thinking about the dream house anymore. You're thinking about the pain and the hurt. I mean, that's pretty human stuff. But I want to encourage you, if you're sitting here today and you've been on this journey called life and you have bumped up against all sorts of things and it has caused you to hurt inside or outside or real-time stuff, remember. Remember the best is yet to come. If you come in my office, you'll see a little pillow that sits on my couch and it says the best is yet to come. And so when people come into my office and they're struggling with a divorce or they're struggling with a loss of a job or maybe illness and the uncertainty with it, I try to do it in a way that's sensitive because I don't want to just tell them, get over it, it's going to get better. That doesn't work. But you love them in the moment and you point them to the future. All that Jesus did so we can have life and have it perfectly. So let me share with you the scripture from Philippians chapter 1. I am confident of this, that God who began a good work in you will continue to complete it until it is finished on the day of Jesus. God is at work and he is faithful. Even in an imperfect world, God reigns supreme. In you and through you and for you. So hold on to that. And may our prayer life be shaped by these dimensions. But more than that, may it be empowered by God's spirit and his love for us. So, as we've been doing, we've been sharing the Apostles' Creed. And remember, that's a summary of the teachings of the Apostles. And it's broken up in three categories, like what we talked about at the beginning. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So I want to invite you at this time to stand and let's share together, profess together our faith in God. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now as I share with you this blessing, remember, these are words from, from God himself to you. And remember when we get to that place of him looking down with favor, I want you to picture his smiling face looking at you and loving you. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
peace and serve the Lord. May his favor be upon